0: Good morning everyone and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story and on our podcast we love to give a voice to the women whose story is moving and meaningful and compelling. Today's guest is someone I've never met before so I'm super thrilled to learn all about Robin Addis. Robin, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me Susan.
0: You are so welcome. I've been looking forward to this. I know you've been on the calendar for quite a while. Um, time seems to fly in this uh, COVID-19 crisis. I, I know that you probably <laughs> feel the same, that you're working 24 seven because we work from home anyway. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, You know who you are, what you do, what's important to you.
1: Sure, sure. So um, I am Chief Operating Officer at a boutique digital marketing agency called Legal Internet Solutions Incorporated. Um, and I'm sort of a, a mix of multiple things in that role. I'm the Chief Operations Officer. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer. I'm the Chief, Mar- Chief Marketing Officer. Um, and I um, have responsibility for, you know, overseeing the strategic and day-to-day operations of this company my background um, is in legal marketing which is a really great fit for lisi which is our acronym it's a really great fit with lisi because as an agency we specialize in websites and digital marketing services for law firms so um, i've spent i think about 13 years in-house in two large amlaw 100 firms um, just here in Philadelphia, I'm based just outside of Philadelphia, um, and I started as a marketing assistant in 2007 and um, quickly rose up through the ranks. Um, by the time I left the first firm, I was the firmwide events manager overseeing all of our um, in-person and virtual events globally and our events team and then moved on to another firm where by the time I left there I was the director of marketing um, and I oversaw a team of 16 people across three major functional teams the technology team the operations team and the events team Um, it's funny because I like so many people I know fell into legal marketing I actually had a recruiter find my resume on career builder. I don't even know if that's still a thing anymore, <laughs> <career> builder. <Yeah. laughs> it is. That's funny. Uh, and, you know, invited me to apply for this position. It was just, you know, a marketing assistant position. Um, and this was you know, during a, you know, time of great economic prosperity right before the crash of 2008, 2009. Um, and the firm's marketing department was growing very quickly um, and had a need for somebody. I had been working in professional services marketing for the preceding six years throughout my time in college and then full-time afterwards. Um, Actually in real estate services, working directly for top-performing realtors, um, both in Northern Virginia, where I'm originally from, and then later along Philadelphia's mainline community, which for any of your listeners um, who are familiar with Philadelphia, the mainline is sort of the affluent western suburbs of the city. It's called the main line because it's the main railroad line west of the city out to the, you know, those affluent neighborhoods. Um, And so sort of long story short, I've been working in professional services marketing for my entire career. I love it. I love the challenge of marketing a person and what makes them special because um, that's how I view professional services marketing at its core. Um, you know, product marketing is cool and creative and interesting. Um, but I also I think that there's something really challenging about professional services marketing because you have to take into consideration You know, it's not just the industry, but it's that person. What sets them apart? What sets their practice apart? That's you know what makes them unique and why they are so good at their job. And I and I love doing it, which is I feel so 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 funny when I say I love legal marketing, uh, but I do.
0: (laughs) That's different than I love lawyers, so I get it. (laughs) Let me just say a couple of things. First of all, what a great journey! Amazing. The fact that you were given so such a diverse portfolio of responsibility throughout your career is really a good sign. I mean, people trusted you. That's amazing. And second of all, with all that, it sounds like you're just the chief. You're the chief of everything. The chief operating officer. The chief. That's awesome. We're gonna call you chief now. Um, and thirdly, okay. <laughs> I agree with you. It's much more challenging, difficult. Um, I I love it. I love. Uh, creating a vision, telling a compelling story backed by data—you know—selling something you can't touch or plug in or see—you know—the results immediately. You have to be a really great—you um, know—create really great narratives around the uh, your unique value proposition, but also the desired outcome, so that people will uh, believe that you can get it done or that you do what you promise you do. And that's much more challenging than selling a product, so I'm with you on that, and I think it's um fascinating and it and my background is a lot of psychographics, so the motivators what how do you influence and persuade people comm's theory so you just hit my hot button. I love all that, and you sound mm. almost as enthusiastic today as you probably sounded your very first day, so that's a good sign, yeah.
1: Uh I am. I love it. I I love it. And um, I love something you said. You know, I'm telling a story that's backed by data. I am such a data geek. I love digging into numbers and, you know, um, having a theory and then being able to prove it or prove myself wrong with numbers. And then I love, especially working with lawyers, taking that data as evidence to tell my story because, you know, numbers don't lie, data doesn't lie. Um, And so you just touched a sweet spot for me as well.
0: Awesome. I love when that happens on the show and in real life as well. Um, hopefully someday I'll meet you in person. I love that area of the world. And I have a ton of friends, especially in the industry, uh, out that way. Um, we, we probably share a lot of contacts in that world. But let me ask probably. you this. Um, you sound like you, um, like I said, love your job today as much as you did your very first day in this arena. Tell me along the way, what was your proudest professional accomplishment?
1: so gosh I honestly I have a lot of things that I'm really proud of along my career um you know I've had a lot of challenges um and generally speaking I will answer your actual question but generally speaking yeah my my proudest you know accomplishment generally is when I'm able to Build consensus around an idea, around a you know a solution that me and my team and you know whoever's working on the issue, we all come to the table and we put our you know head to the grindstone and and really figure out um, the best way to make something happen. Um, and it's funny, I really feel like it's important to point that out because my experience, you know, I am not by nature a team worker. Um, I didn't like doing group projects in school. Um, I liked just sort of doing the whole thing and saying like, put your name on it too. That's great. Like, let's just, get, you know, go <laughs> That's exactly the
0: same way. I get it. I get
1: yeah. it. <laughs> and you know, my first firm that I worked at was very, very, um, buttoned up very, you know, straight business and, um, you know, decisions were made at the top and they were final. And I was okay with that environment. I actually thrived in that environment. And when I went to the second firm I worked at, it was a largely consensus-based organization. And they cared very genuinely about, um, making sure that people, had a voice at the table, that people felt good about the decision that was being made. Um, And that's not perfect. That's not always a great situation, but I learned so much from that. And I learned so much about how important it is to bring in diverse perspectives to problems and challenges um, because, you know, the, the results of my work were always, So much better at the end. It was a frustrating process. I'm not going to pretend like I loved every second of it. But at the end, I was able, of any project, I've been able to look back and say, gosh, that was so much better than if I had just been doing that by myself. Um, I love that you came to that
0: that conclusion. That's very um, professionally mature of you. Um, I recall those days in um, grad school where all the team projects, you know, there were those who never showed up. And I, like you, was like, I'm happy to do the whole shebang, but you have no say in the outcome. Like, once it's done, it's done. You don't get to come in late in the game and change the plan. So, Mm -hmm. I get it. And nowadays, you know, that's what it means to be a collaborative leader. Now you're getting input from others on your team. And I understand that you work remotely, your whole company. So, you're probably a few steps ahead in this COVID 19 new game. Um, I think that's great. Mm -hmm. You're able to you know, still lead while being transformational in your leadership style and getting input and feedback from everyone on your team. So awesome. I'm sure you wouldn't hire the lazy people that we knew in college who didn't do their, their part of the group project. So, um,
1: yeah, I get no. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I always say, you know, um, when I've done hiring for Lisi or when I've done hiring in the past, you know, we are moving at breakneck speed. Um, whether in-house at the firm or at, you know, Lisi, we're trying to, we really have, you know, aspirational um, goals for growth over the next several years. Um, And there's really no room for somebody who isn't going to pull their weight fully. And I think what, um, what I think I do really well, and when I bring together these teams is I'm very honest, I'm very frank, I'm very realistic about, you know, what the challenges are, what the frustrations are going to be, but I also lay out the expectation that this is not going to be perfect, it's not going to be, you know, kumbaya circles every day, but at the same time, you know, I have learned, and I want you to experience this as well, that our work will be better, because we're all going to pitch in 100%, we're all going to give Are all and we're all going to uh, work on this together.
0: I love that. So, very few leaders, uh, of course, not of the women I interview because I surround myself by transformational leaders, which you clearly are, Um, but very few leaders overall. If you look at, you know, who's the CEO of the top 500 companies in our country, most of them are still leading with that hierarchical approach, and that's just not you know, healthy, and it's not good. And it's part of the reason why women aren't in the senior suite and so forth. So thank you is where I'm going with this. Thank you for being that um, secure woman who lifts others on her team as she herself rises. So that's what we're all about here. Um, I love this story. You, you just, whether you realize it or not, described what transformational leadership is. So um, thanks for that. Who inspired you? Maybe did you have a mentor, or even better, a sponsor along the way?
1: Oh, for sure. So um, I have a very good friend. Um, her name is Kelly Breslin. She's the Chief Marketing and Business Development Officer at Saul Ewing, Arnstein, and Lear. Um, I and think Kelly I was... know Kelly. Is
0: she, does she have red hair?
1: She does. Yay, <laughs> yes. I love her. She's
0: awesome.
1: Yeah. She's <laughs> I think fantastic.
0: I presented at her firm one day, um, not too long ago, and she, just using the conference room. Yeah, she wasn't there, but yeah, she's awesome.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> Kelly was my um, director of marketing at my my first firm um, for a period of time, and my experience working with Kelly over what was probably only about a year and a half, if I try and think back about it, um, directly working for her. Since then, we've had a really you know great collegial relationship. Um, but it was I had so many growth experiences. I had an experience with a subordinate who was really not um, pulling her weight, and it was just very challenging for a number of reasons that I aren't worth really going into right now. But you know, learning how to lead through that situation, which, by the way, it is worth saying this was my first ever management experience. And it was a really, really challenging <laughs> management experience. And so having a leader who really showed me how to, you know, hold my um, subordinate to, you know, accountability, but, you know, provide coaching and provide resources, but also make very clear, you know, what the expectations of the role were and blah, 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 and delivering really candid, valuable feedback, um, you know, the learning how to do that is worth its weight in gold. Um, because like I said, a couple of minutes ago, I'm always very open. I'm very, always very candid, which is in part my nature, but also understanding it's okay to feel comfortable doing that in an appropriate, you know, professional way. That is, I think, you know, a lesson that we all need to a certain degree. Um, and so Kelly really showed me how to do that. Um, And it's funny, she and I continue that relationship today in so many ways. She's a mentor to me still. I'm somewhat of a coach for her because I'm basically like her number one fan cheerleader on the sidelines. (laughs) Um, And it's just that relationship has been so positive along the way.
0: I want to say something about being open, honest, and direct. Um, I come from the South. Uh, they're not known for that so much they're known for being super nice, regardless um at least when you're coming. I'm not sure about when you're going, but um I was always open on this direct, which can be seen by some as as a little aggressive, abrasive, bold, sharp elbows, what have you all the things that men get rewarded for and promoted for Ooh. and women get you know held back because of. Uh, but when I moved to Boston and worked in New England in financial services, um, I learned a lot of lessons, one of which was people there are like that, and I respected that. I respected the New England open, honest and direct approach. I mm-hmm. feel like um, it's the only way we can grow. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. But you still I would rather know you know the truth that helps me. Feedback is a sign of respect, whether it's positive or negative. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's a very powerful lesson that if Kelly did teach you that good for her and and you clearly learned it good for you, but you said you were always that way. Um, (laughs) I love that. I love, I love you that you had that in you all your life. That's great. You're in a position and in an area of this country that for the most part respects that and embraces that approach. Mm -hmm. Um, I find when I teach comms, we have to be aware of regional communications and the different cultures at various uh, companies and firms across the country, but I don't permission the other approach to keep things to yourself. I say the operating system needs to change. Robin's approach is the right approach, and we need to be open to feedback and open to open, honest, and direct um, conversations. So Mm -hmm. keep on keeping on, Robin, and thanks to Kelly. (laughs) Kudos to Kelly for being, you know, I think what she did um, is took a manager and made a leader out of a manager. Mm. Two different, yeah, yeah, two totally different. So if you're in a leadership position and you're still just managing, that's a problem for everyone. If you're Mm -hmm. in a managerial position and you have what it takes to be a leader, go for it, you know, totally. Mm
1: -hmm. It's really
0: hard working for um, a person who's supposed to be a leader, who's only a manager. So, um, she recognized that you have leadership skills and that you, um, clearly, clearly have come into your own as well in that regard. (laughs) Amazing. Well, let me ask you this. Um, you know what I do, I'm sure you checked out the podcast before you came on. I don't know if you know what I do for a living, but you certainly know what I do for a giving. Um, tell me, how do you advise that women can lift as we rise and lift other women in business?
1: Yeah. So I love this question because, um, I actually just recently wrote an article about this. That's going to be coming out in ABA law practice today. Um, I think that there are some really important things that women should be doing honest and candid feedback, obviously the top of my list. Um, Creating an opportunity for women to expand their networks and have a voice at the table. I heard somewhere, I can't retribute it, you know, where I heard this once upon a time, but that women, even when they walk into an empty boardroom, women tend to take seats along the periphery, even if they yeah. hold, you know, positions of power. And I just, I hate that. Uh, And I just, it goes against, again, just sort of who I am innately and what I believe, you know, women are capable of in business. Um, And so just encouraging women when you see a woman who's doing one of those things, you know, sitting on the sidelines, not speaking up for herself, um, not speaking up when she has a great idea, creating a space where she feels comfortable sharing her idea having a voice at the table, speaking out. Um, you know, I often, I tell people all the time, I have a saying, rip the Band-Aid. I, there are so many things that I hate doing. I actually hate public speaking. I actually hate, um, you know, speaking out in front of a crowd. Uh, you know, I hate all the things I'm telling you that I believe we should help other women do, but I do it anyway. <laughs> but but, but you I do it anyway. It.
0: Robin, you'd yeah. be great at it.
1: <laughs> well, thank Your you. Your message
0: <laughs> is incredible. So, you, you are singing my song right there. That's what I teach. I mean, you read that in Lena. There are studies that show that um, women do take the side chairs instead of the, at the end of the conference table, uh, at the yeah. pick the wine and pay the bill seat. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, oh, I love me. that you so,
0: mentioned that. So, let me ask you this if I ever wanted you to speak at an event, would you say yes to me if I promised to help you overcome any fears or concerns?
1: Oh, sure. I would love to. <laughs> awesome.
0: Awesome. Because cause I love your message. I'll tell you that. You're hitting a lot of uh, balls out of the park when it comes to the game I play. So I love it.
1: Um, That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I think part of the the beauty of your speaking at an event, um, I'm actually hosting one in Philadelphia if we come back to some, some sort of new, new normal. I know it won't be the same, but it'll be... Um, 2022 I believe it is
1: so I'll put
0: you on the short list yeah um let me ask you this it's not all easy I know when you had those conversations with Kelly they were a challenge because you were struggling to do whatever the right thing is uh in the way that it should be done is that maybe you know one of the challenges or setbacks you had and how you overcame it, or is there some other challenge or setback you had that you're willing to share and how you overcame it?
1: So, um, one of my biggest challenges, I would say that, yes, hearing, hearing hard feedback is, is, is never easy. Um, and it's never, you know, It's not easy to sit there and take yourself out of sort of the stinging emotional reaction of it um, and realizing that, you know, that feedback when given with um, positive intention um, really is there to help you. But I would say um, one of the biggest setbacks I've had is understanding that not everybody in business is, uh, actually comes at a situation with good intent. Yeah. and that has been something that I've really learned um, directly within the past, you know, year or so. Um, hey, and hey sister, <laughs> yeah, it's and it's really it's just a, you know it's like cuts you off at the knees. And when you're trying to give everything that you can, you know, I, again, I won't necessarily go into the deep nitty sure. gritty of the details here. But you know, w- I was at a place in my career and my personal life where I felt like I was giving every ounce of myself, partly to my family, partly to, you know, friends, but so much of myself to my job. I was waking up at five o'clock in the morning and I was getting as much work done as I could and blah, 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 blah. And then up until 11 o'clock at night. And I'm not saying all this, you know, as in woe is me, I'm such a martyr. It's just, I, I wasn't standing up for myself at the right times. Yeah. And, um, you know, compound that with, you know, just sort of a negative work experience, work situation. It just all really came to a head and understanding how I came out of that and how I overcame that was understanding that I could be incredibly successful in business and I could be a great leader and I could be a great mom. Um, and I could do all of these things, maybe not always equally at the same time, you know, there's levers there, right. but I could do all of those things, you know, to a certain degree and not give up my self-identity, not give myself over completely to any one of those things. And, um, that is actually right about the time that I understood that is actually when this opportunity, at least it came along. Um, and here I am now, I'm in a position of great responsibility, great autonomy, and also have a really, um, a really good work life, um, not balance. What did you call it? Um, integration. integration. <laughs> yeah. I have That's a really awesome. great work life integration. And, you know, so my overcoming of that situation was seeing, you know, the possibilities of what I could be and still, you know, trying to achieve all the things I wanted to achieve in each of those parts of my life.
0: Robin, that is so beautiful that you share that. I know a lot of women um, have been through what you just described but I didn't know that until my I turned about fifty. So I'm fifty three now, but fifty to fifty three when I was building my business, um, and if, you know, like you, I won't go into the details about it. But I experienced that same thing. Where, what? Why wouldn't you operate with good intent? What? Why wouldn't you like me? What? Why are you trying to hurt me? <laughs> Why would you say you're my friend and then throw me under the bus? Yeah. So, um, you know, those are just little high level, you know, tidbits about lots of biases that women face. So I talk about tug of war bias and, um, you know, maternal wall bias and, and the main biases that we face in the workplace. I had never experienced, or at least I didn't realize it, um, the, the women hurting women until later in life. So um, you're touching a chord for me. And I think it's courageous of you to bring that about. And I'm glad that you recognize that loving self first is not selfish and that uh, you use the phrase levers. Um, I always use the analogy of dimmer switch. You know, life is not an on-off switch. It's a dimmer switch. You can give so much juice at one point and have to dial it back at another. Uh, so that you don't burn out. So I love that you said that. Very courageous. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I'm sure there are a lot of women, a lot of women I interview um, have been through that. I just was, I guess, lucky, naive or blinded for most of my career and didn't realize that I, uh, you know, that that happens so often. So tell me something, um, well, first of all, before the call uh, was recorded, folks, I asked her about where she lives. And it sounds like a very charming Norman Rockwellish. And for those of you who are older, you'll know who Norman Rockwell is. Um, <laughs> I realize I say that, and some people look at me like, what is she talking about? But he always did the covers of the Saturday Evening Post, which has not been in publication for a thousand years. It was probably when my parents were young. But um, he's a famous artist that captures the essence of America and Americans, not in the way we see it today in a nationalistic way, but, um, you know, like quaint streets and town squares and churches with steeples and community and little boutiques and you can walk your town and you know your neighbors and that sort of thing. So he painted pictures that told those stories and it sounds to me like you live in a quaint New England town or a town that resembles a Norman Rockwell painting. So I mentioned that at the beginning. Uh, So that was a surprise to me. I love that. I used to live in New England, um, favorite place ever. Uh, is Boston or su- suburbs of Boston, south of Boston in a tiny town. But so that's a challenge. That's a surprise for me. So tell me, you know, what is a surprise for someone who knows you? Because I didn't know you before. What is a, a surprise for them? Maybe if you're willing to share, I mean,
1: you know, A Surprise for somebody who knows me. Hmm. You know, um, it's funny because I, I've, you've heard me say this a couple times throughout this call. I am innately very, out, you know, outgoing and, um, transparent um, for sure. Transparent. Yes. Yeah. I'm very. Uh, but at the same time, I think, um, even my husband all the time, he always jokes about when he'll say to me, like, um, I think, you know, so-and-so, you know, might think you're upset and I'll be like, good. They should think I'm upset because <laughs> you know, I'm very—I have Italian in my blood, so I'm very, you know, expressive and big hand movements and everything. Um, I love it. Say, I'm Italian too, so I
0: love it. I love
1: it. We <laughs> <laughs> have so many similarities, Susan. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what it really is not truly surprising for somebody who knows me really well, but, um, you know, what I think people who who only know me as, you know, maybe my business persona yeah. is I'm incredibly, I, I care very much about the people around me. Um, I joke all the time. Um, you know, like I don't like anybody, everybody frustrates me, but that's sort of like my wall, right. Instead of yeah, you know, yeah. who I actually am on the inside. Um, I care very much that people feel fulfilled. I care very much that people feel, um, you know, that they feel good about interacting with me, that they come yeah. away from an interaction with me, that they feel like they did hear the truth. They did, you know, they did, it was a transparent interaction, but that they feel like I have their best interests at heart. Um, I love and that. I just, yeah, I, 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 just like making people happy to be. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, Robin, what is your personality on the Myers-Briggs?
1: Or on oh the- gosh, I don't know what my Myers-Briggs is. Yeah. Uh, disc is, um, it's a Big D little I.
0: (laughs) Me too.
1: I'll I'll send you my
0: report and you'll see yourself in there. So everything you're saying, I'm totally, you know, I often say my cheeks are burning um, because I'm smiling so much. Everything you're saying is you're describing traits that one would say about me. And I frankly like me and I clearly like (laughs) you a lot. Um, Yeah, you're a terrific leader. You've got great leadership skills. You're not afraid to tell it like it is without... um, you know, making certain that you lack empathy. You definitely have empathy and you want to make sure that your message comes across as intended. So many don't care about how the receiver makes meaning of their message. They only care about Mm -hmm. sending it, not how the receiver received it. So you sound Mm -hmm. like you care about how the receiver received it and that's meaningful. You're leading with EQ as we might say. Oh Um, yeah. I mean, I, I shoot. If I had to work for someone, you sound like someone great to work for (laughs) or with or with um let me ask you this because i'm sure people want to know more about you i do for sure after this is over i'm definitely going to stay connected and probably pick your brain and maybe send some people or or ideas your way um if they want to reach you how can they do that
1: sure so um anybody is welcome to email me my email address is robin r-o-b-y-n at legal i.s.i.com. It's legally see.com. Um, and, um, obviously feel free to check out our website. My, um, bio's up on our website as well as my contact information is, is there as well.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm going to also, as most of my listeners know, create a blog about you. We'll include your headshot, your bio, your contact info, and, um, a lot, a few pictures that tell the story of you Robin outside of work. Um, Or if you have any um, pro pictures you want to show, like you leading a conference or public speaking and tackling that demon of being afraid, we'll we'll, uh, add those later once you do that. If you've already done it, we'll put those up there, too. We want to make sure people see you and hear you through visuals as well
1: as words. That's awesome. You're awesome. Well, thank you so much for this, Susan. This has been this has been such a fun conversation. <laughs> I know. You know
0: what happens a lot of the time. Um, so I make it I don't make it real. I just am real. I'm like you. We're transparent. What you see WYSIWYG, what you see is what you get, right? Mm-hmm. So oftentimes when I'm having these conversations on the podcast we just start talking. Like, it's like <laughs> have they forgotten they're being recorded? You know, we're just talking, we're just having a conversation. And that's what I love most is when you get to know someone uh, for reals, as they say, and mm-hmm. uh, you just share that real person, own your story and share who you truly are and look who you truly are is never perfect. It's never um, the best, you know, I don't use a lot of superlatives like some people we know do namely our uh, current president. I'm not into hyperbole. I don't say the best, the first, the most, the only, um, but I do like to have conversations and share about what's good about each other and what we do and the people we help and the world, the way we change it. So you've been great at that.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I've, I've loved getting to learn more about you. I love um, so many shared similarities and I can't wait to stay connected with you.
0: You bet. You bet. I'm going to put you on stage too. So (laughs) have a good day, everybody. And thanks for listening in. Bye-bye.